0: Welcome to Gender, the podcast by Queer Foreigners, for Queer Foreigners, and also any British person who wants to be absolutely roasted by us. Because we all know self-hatred is one of the pillars of British culture. I'm your host Archie, I'm French, and my pronouns are whatever. In this episode, I welcome Perle, who was born in the UK, but she grew up between France and Switzerland, before coming back to London. If you like the episode, you can follow us on Instagram at genderpodcast, share with all your foreign friends and British people I know the sun is out but please I beg of you wear some sunscreen or you'll end up completely burnt like last year and the year before and the year before and the year b- anyway, in your best British accent, let's all say it together gender Hi Pearl.
1: Hi Archie. First of
0: all, can you give us your best impression of a British person saying gender? You can put in a sentence if you want to. Gender. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I love what you went for. Uh, so where are you from? What is your culture, your nationality, how many languages do you speak?
1: Um so the long story we'll get we'll go for that one. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was born in the UK to address the elephant in the room that is that I do sound English. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and are you ashamed of that?
1: Well sometimes. <laughs> okay,
0: good. Otherwise you wouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs>
1: No, uh, but when I was... So my parents are... Well, my mother's English and my father is Scottish. And when I was one, uh, they moved to France. And then I lived in France for seven years in Lyon. And then I moved to Switzerland, to the French-speaking part of Switzerland, which is where I lived for most of my life, Mm -hmm. before, for some strange reason, deciding to come back to the UK, (laughs) giving up my beautiful life in Switzerland by the lake.
0: Yes, we all did that. So did I, you know... So you speak English and French? And French, yes. Is that what you speak like at home?
1: No, so at home I spoke English and then at school I would speak French. So I learnt both languages at the same time.
0: Okay, okay. okay. Um, So what is your gender, sexuality, pronouns, all of everything that makes you queer?
1: I am a she, they and uh, I am a bisexual as in when I realized that that's the word that was for everything and now I realize there's many more words yeah but I'm just you know happy
0: (laughs) and you're on your journey and that's okay and last question what do you do in life your hobbies and what job are you taking from honest British workers
1: oh I like to take a range of job from from them so Mm -hmm. as many as possible (laughs) ideally (laughs) Um, so in the performance side, I'm what I consider a dragless performer, mm-hmm. so a burlesque slash drag performer. But because we're English, we love to put the words together and invent new ones. <laughs> so draglesque. And I also work part time in a restaurant and do freelancing interior design work. So.
0: Ooh. I didn't Which- know that.
1: That's really cool. Okay, Which is what I studied, but oh, then I yeah. sort of fell out of love. Anyways, that's... A- yeah, we
0: c- that's for another podcast, <laughs> but I also have a lot to say about that. <laughs> um, right, so I'm going to give you a little situation. Um, so if you were to have a meeting with loads of people in a really cute place, like a cafe or just something really chill, and all of those people share the same interests as you, or they have the same job, just you know that you're going to have something to talk about with them. And you're going to be friends in the end. Would you rather meet with only queer British people? So everyone's queer in many different ways, but they're all British and they've been for generations. They've never left the country, maybe once on holidays, but that's it. Or um, loads of people from different countries everywhere, so they don't have to be from France or Switzerland, or they're just foreign and that's what they share with you. Um, but they're all cis and straight, so they don't have the education on those queer subjects which one would you feel more comfortable with
1: oh god haven't listened to this question before i thought i knew the answer (laughs) and now that i'm faced with it right in front of me i'm like i don't know it's a
0: really complex question and i love to ask it first and then everyone's like is it okay if i spend 20 minutes (laughs) on that i'm like yes
1: (laughs) um i guess to break it down yeah being in an international setting because English is often the common language and I speak English Mm fluently, I often find it really easy compared to the other people. And I quite like being able to sort of help people out Mm -hmm. and make Mm -hmm. bridge-like communications. But then again, if they're all straight, I don't know if I want to be in that (laughs) setting. (laughs) But then the conversation would be more interesting because people would have more interesting things to bring to the conversation if it's British people that have never been anywhere. But I think I would still choose an English queer setting as that is sort of what I surround myself on the day-to-day already, yeah, already. Yeah,
0: and with the speech, burlesque yeah. drag stuff as well, which you couldn't really be able to talk about that with, like, yeah. cis-straight people. Because, I mean, you could, but it'd be more, like, mental energy for you it's to, like... It's just
1: quite frustrating. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've I've always found yeah. that, like, if there's one person that isn't fully British for generations, I feel more comfortable in the room. You know, it's like... I think mm. there's a huge difference if I ask you if there's like 20 people and they're all British or there's 19 British people and one person who's also from a different country. Mm. I think it changes everything. Like yeah. instantly the situation is just like so much easier because you can like look at them and like, you know, they understand. Yeah. So it's like, it's just if everyone's British, it's like,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. Especially as other, as because people often assume I'm English mm. I love to have someone where I'm like, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. someone to look at and they're like, oh, okay, it's not just me that has mm-hmm. no idea what's happening. <laughs> it's an English thing that I'm not getting. Good. <laughs> thank
0: you. Yeah. 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 Um, is there like a place or a feeling or a moment where you were walking down the street or just going somewhere where you felt it really felt like home, like an atmosphere where you were like, oh, I understand why I moved to this country. And do you have a place where yeah, you feel like- I think
1: um, I'm a, very much an East London girl. Mm-hmm. So when I moved, I first moved there sort of by accident. I didn't really know much about London or where all the queer spaces were. Mm-hmm. And then moving there and then finding all of these queer spaces and also just even in the streets, like just all of these beautiful, amazing people oh that God, just are walking so down beautiful. the street. And I'm like, do you even know how beautiful you are? <laughs> <laughs> and that just makes me so happy because coming from Switzerland, like, it is such a... Although, like, the town that I lived in was a very, like, young student-y town. Mm-hmm. You could not walk down the street wearing whatever you want. You would just get so many stares and people would think that you were not okay in your life. And mm-hmm. here I love that it's just so yeah. celebrated. So I think, yeah, just East London streets just make me really no, happy. know I absolutely
0: get that. Like, I sometimes just take the bus to go to, like, Dalston Hackney, uh, which are places in East London... Um, to just walk around and, like, go to a park or whatever and just, you know, like, people watching and just being like, oh, the queers are still here, especially after lockdown and not being able to get with your community for more than a year and then you just walk around the street and you're like, this is where my community is, like, just in the street. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So do you have a queer community back at home? (laughs) Because from what you just said, I feel like...
1: (laughs) Um, Well, surprisingly... It's, I do, it is such a small town, it's sort of thing where everyone knows everyone Mm -hmm. and then as soon as you sort of find people that have the same interests as you, you just all bond into a big, and we do actually have a great queer community in where we are from, like there's a, there are like, there aren't any queer clubs or anything, but we have great queer nights, Okay. put on by great people, but it isn't, it's not the same, you know, it's not, it will always be the same a hundred or so people yeah, at yeah, the yeah, same yeah. event. But then that's lovely because every time you go to a, you know for a them. night out, you know everyone. So it
0: feels very like community. Yeah. yeah. So did you know that was that existed before you moved to London? Or were you like, there's no queer community, and then you came to London and found out there was one in London?
1: As in, I, I knew about things in London from, like, the internet mm-hmm. and watching Instagrams and being like, oh, is this, is this what it's like <laughs> over there? <laughs> <laughs> this magical land. But I didn't realise how close-knit it is and Mm -hmm. how much like there's a lot more performance art so although there are queer nights in Lausanne at least when I left now they've changed a lot it was more like DJ nights whereas here it's a lot more performance Mm -hmm, based mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I really enjoy being part of those people
0: (laughs) (laughs) is it like a new thing like this queer community from back at home back in Switzerland is it like just the last few years, or has it been there since like you were?
1: It's been there a since teenager? I was. Yeah. So um, it's been growing a lot, I think, and it has also um, because of things of like just how being queer is a lot more in the mainstream thanks to some people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it's a lot more accepted, and then it, so it's basically you make more money off it because mm-hmm. more people mm-hmm. will come to your event because mm-hmm. now it's fun to have drag queens at your events. So it has changed a lot. But there was always, like... There will always be a queers. <laughs> You can't get rid of us. And
0: they were there before the um, the money exactly. and all of that. yeah. But just... that were staying at home. <laughs> and now they can go out. You So you say you knew there was a queer community in London before you moved here from, like, online stuff. Was it one of the reasons? Like, because I can't think of any reasons you would move to this country except the queer community in London is really good. So, like, was that a thing that was really part of your decision?
1: Um, Well, originally, I just moved here for an internship. I Mm -hmm. was going to stay here six months. And I think it's what made me stay. Mm -hmm. So I moved just for, like, the work experience. And I was like, oh, it will be fun to sort of reconnect to my Englishness. Maybe I'll enjoy it. Okay. And yeah, coming from like a smaller town, I thought it would be great to, you know, have a, a big city experience. And so then you like, were
0: just like a tourist, you were just like on holidays in London.
1: Yeah, I had, because also like, because my parents are from London, I never went round all the tourist attractions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I arrived and I was like, this is incredible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then did you start like randomly going to like queer venues. And... Yeah.
1: Well, I think it was from randomly moving into a flat in East London and they were just everywhere. Mm. And like, I live like 10 minute walk from Dalton Superstore and Dalton Superstore is known worldwide. People in Switzerland have heard of it. And really? I was like, like, I mean, I had, I was like, I'd seen it on Instagram and I was like, Oh, I'm going to finally go see what this oh venue God. is.
0: <laughs> I have to say, I um, danced on the, Dawson Superstore bar once in my life a few years ago, and I was like, "This is a moment." I was like, it is. "You I'm should in a, be proud." A special place, and yeah, there's no other place like that in the world—the <laughs> <laughs> bar of Dawson Superstore. <laughs> Do you remember like the first time you went out and found out like all the queers around you, and you were like, "Did it change your?" Was it like a <gasps> moment, or was it just slowly happening?
1: i'm trying to think i think it was a slow happening also because i would just go to queer places without actually thinking oh i'm going like actually consciously making that decision Mm -hmm, i would just be like mm -hmm. oh this place is amazing and Mm -hmm. then i started putting it together and i was like all these places that i love (laughs) (laughs) this this is where i belong i think and then like i would a friend would invite me to some random night that was not queer and i was like this is awful
0: (laughs) Who are all these people? Yeah, you suddenly realise the rest of it had no taste and it was yeah, all bit boring. I thought
1: that was just London. And then I realised that it was just my London.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, walking down the street in Hackney, you can't say that's London. Clearly, that's very specific. Yeah. Um, you don't see the same people in but West I, London, for example.
1: Yeah, but especially because of COVID. Like, I haven't left my bubble in so long mm, that... Mm. I'll then go to South East London. I'm like, oh, it is. there are different parts to London. Mm -hmm, I need to mm -hmm. remind myself of this and find all the good places everywhere.
0: I mean, for example, West London, I remember, oh, yeah, West London exists, but no one that I know lives in West London because it's all like kind of like white, middle-aged, middle-class, like residential and like families. And then East London is where the party's at, you know. So like (laughs) all of my friends are roughly North East South London, um... So yeah, I'm like, all oh, right, there's a whole other site to London that just we don't go to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I work in a restaurant and sometimes people will be like, oh, I've come all the way from West London. And I'm always like, I can tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, she's gatekeeping East London. <laughs> Do you mean you can tell um, physically that people are queer? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to cancel you on my podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did not come here for this. <laughs> On the hottest day of the year.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I meant more in their attitude towards waitresses. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, after lockdown, that's not okay. Yeah. No. (laughs) I want to talk. (laughs) Because you just said it was the hottest day of the year. And the previous podcast episodes that I recorded, uh, the weather was shit. So we talked about that. I'd like to talk about the weather with you. In true British fashion. But let's talk about the summer. (laughs) You know we talked a bit about it before the podcast, but we're going to talk about it again because I think British winter, which is let's say 10 months in a year um, of just constant rain every single day, uh, is a thing, but then British summer is another thing that is also very special and unique to this country <laughs> so can yes. you can you <laughs> describe the situation we're in right now?
1: Uh, we are currently in your flat house, sorry mm-hmm. And it is rather warm. And We're
0: inside, yes. yes. Yeah.
1: And it is probably warmer than outside, and there's <laughs> nothing we can do about this.
0: <laughs> could you explain, how could it be warmer inside than outside? That doesn't make sense to me, a French person. <laughs> no, no. I've forgotten the word in English for volle. <laughs> is there a word in English? Because it just doesn't exist. Um, blinds? Shades? Blinds? Blinds come down, where oh. they
1: come closed, like doors.
0: Like window doors, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, this is an awkward moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, could, I, don't, I don't think... No,
1: no, no. I don't think there's an English word for it. Or No, wait, what is it? This maybe explains why they don't have it, because they don't have a word for it. Maybe what? people just keep trying to order them, but you just can't, because there's no word yeah, for it. Yeah, maybe
0: actually British people are just... <laughs> they don't like the summer at all either and they're like what could we do surely there's something we could do and they'll also like feel so bad about it
1: but they would never accept that another country had a good system for something
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have to say so my, my theory is that um british people are never prepared for a heat wave because obviously they only have like completely see-through mm. curtains to protect us from the heat, which doesn't work. But my theory is that that's because of global warming, and 15 years ago, that didn't happen. That's why I yeah. think they're not prepared. Whereas, whereas 15 years ago, I used to live in the south of France, and it was already a mess. And we were already closing the blinds all day long and just hiding in the dark for weeks because it was too hot. And I feel like here, they're just they're kind of surprised now when the summer mm. happens, because like, it didn't used to be like that. you know. I feel like... Yeah.
1: I also feel like they build their houses to survive the 10 months of cold, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then you just have to suffer the two other months, which does seem like a fairer deal mm-hmm, if you look at it mm-hmm. this way, but currently, <laughs> it's too hot.
0: <laughs> now let's talk about British people during the summer. <laughs> so I I don't want to say it because I'm I'm doing this podcast and I'm just roasting them all the time, so I'm going to need you to say it. Um
1: yeah, I feel like, I don't know if we can be as mean as we were 10 minutes ago when we were speaking French. Instantly when I speak English, I feel like I can't be as rude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you can be passive aggressive if you want. Just know that yeah. um, everyone who's foreign and listens to this will love you when you roast <laughs> British people. And if British people listen and they don't like it, we don't really care. Yeah. I, I think I've made that pretty clear. So That's
1: pretty clear. No, I think the main problem with English people is that they just don't know how to act in the sun. It's like people are looking to get heat stroke. They just wear completely ridiculous outfits. It's not a festival every day. (laughs) Sit in the park.
0: And then act surprised. And
1: and act surprised when it's too hot. And I'm like, well, if you weren't wearing like a tight, sparkly dress, you wouldn't be so hot. (laughs) I mean, not everyone can wear whatever they want, of course. But there are more heat appropriate outfits. (laughs) Yeah, And yeah, just not sitting in the sun for five hours. I feel like for me, like... I was never allowed to go out in the sun during like twelve and two because that was like the really hot time.
0: Yeah, and that was drilled like into and myself. 4. Yeah, yeah, like you go out after four because the like heat rays, the sun rays, or whatever it's called, or like
1: it was when it was at its highest, and that was yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah and... No, same. I've had that the whole time. Yeah,
1: and you'd have to sit in the shade otherwise because it was. Con- I remember seeing it something like really dangerous. in living here, I feel like it's. Yeah. Something that everyone like you wants. To,
0: yeah, you go to the park and there are, there are trees everywhere, but no one sits in the shade. Like, everyone just sits in the sun and you're like, it's okay to sit in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. also
1: just like the first day the sun comes out, everyone is ready for it. And I still can't get my head around that. Mm. I would still go out with a coat because I'm always like, but what if it starts raining? I don't trust this.
0: That's the thing. I think as foreign people coming to this country, maybe we're just more traumatized after like the 10 month of rain and we need, like, a few days to go back to summer, whereas Mm. here they're just like, yeah, it's completely normal. It's been raining for 20 days, and now we're going to have a heat wave. And that's, like, completely normal to them, whereas I have to be like, okay, is this normal summer now? Like, is this Mm. back to, like, normal European weather, I guess? (laughs) Mm.
1: I also find that living in London, it's difficult to escape just the heat, because I was very fortunate and lived up by... grew up by a lake which was just, like, the perfect thing when it was hot. You would just go and sit by the lake. When you were too warm, you just go in the water, mm-hmm, refresh yourself, mm-hmm. and it was sort of, like, away from the town. Here, even when you're in a park, you can still feel, like, the cars, the hot buses going past you, yeah, and you just yeah. can't escape this sweltering heat.
0: <laughs> can we go to, like, Hampstead Heath, or is it closed because of COVID? You know, like, the the, the ponds pond and... Yeah, those places. I'm
1: not sure. I also think... I might be being a princess but I had a big lake, and then I see the ponds and I'm like there's a two hour queue to go in the pond (laughs) the first time I went I had no idea I just turned up really innocently with my swimming costume already and I was like what are oh we're queuing okay (laughs) I'll wait for my turn of course we're queuing you're in the UK babe it's just being in London I just constantly forget you just can't turn up to things
0: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well, hopefully the heat wave will i mean is this a heat wave? I feel like just when the sun is out, we just call it a heat wave.
1: <laughs> that, that word does get thrown around a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like no, it's just summer babe, like that's normal <laughs> so yeah, during the day, it's really horrible because you literally cannot escape it, and after a few days, I start to go completely crazy and because of lack of sleep, and I've been sweating all day, and I'm like, okay, this is not okay, but then walking around London at like. 8 p.m and like the sun is just setting and you can see like people are out for like drinks and stuff especially now that we're like coming out of lockdown i'm like this is incredible because it's giving me like like south european city vibes you know like people are just drinking and it's like the sun sets really late so it's like and it's really warm at night i love that like when it's warm during the day horrible but then going out in the street at night it's like it feels so
1: Going out for a drink on a terrace and not having to take a jacket or anything mm-hmm. and just being, just sitting there. And it's like, you still got a cool breeze of the wind and you're just sat outside having a drink, cold drink. Oh, is the being sat outside because I feel like, because like restaurants had to do it for a yeah, while, yeah, yeah, they've yeah. actually invested in it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is really nice. Man. Yeah.
0: Cause like we, um, I say we, as in, I guess the South of France. We do that all the time because mm. uh, it's quite sunny, and they're like whole streets. They're all just for that, and now they've done that like in like Soho, and I'm like that really reminds me of like home or just like going on holidays because it's so very like Spanish and you know all those places. So yeah, I love the like London has started doing that. It's like
1: I yeah, I'm really enjoying that. it. Yeah, yeah. although. Back to my darling East London. (laughs) We don't have these beautiful terraces. Most of the Mm. places are on the street. And then that brings me to the flip side of me thinking, I don't want to sit on the side of a busy street (laughs) and having a drink.
0: Okay. I know French people do that as well, especially in Paris, but that's something that I do not understand. And I feel like straight people do that more than queer people. Why would you go to a bar to buy an overpriced beer and then you drink it on the pavement... Outside and you're just on the street with an overpriced beer. I'm like, go to Tesco and walk sit around. In a park. Yeah, <laughs> <Just laughs> sit in the park. That's better than the pavement.
1: <laughs> I completely agree with. that. Like, I, I do sometimes feel like there's just like the determination. As we were saying, this beautiful feeling of walking around at eight mm-hmm. p.m. Mm-hmm. seeing the sunset, and you're just so determined to do it, and then you just sit down and you're like, I'm actually in a busy street. <laughs> <laughs> People keep knocking me over. <laughs>
0: The, the fantasy just disappears. There's
1: dust, and ambulance keeps going past. Why, why did I choose to do this?
0: You can see the pollution in the air. Yeah, I don't, like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's also very, um, like you say, also the determination of, like, I'm going out with my friends to a pub and, like, we're going to enjoy your night out. And you end up just on the pavement for, like, five hours. And it's mm-hmm. like, are you enjoying yourself, babe? Is that, <laughs> is that like, your dream night out? <laughs> you okay, bestie? Do you need help, bestie? Like, I don't know. I know a thousand cabaret nights where you could enjoy yourself instead of... I don't know. I mean, I'm saying that, but I'm also talking about Soho. Like, they before the tables, they used to design Soho. Where I would just be mm-hmm. like, if I want to go to GAY, either I'm partying inside GAY... Or I'm going somewhere else. Like, I'm not going to stand in front of the Aladdin. It was at the time. There was like, I just have that picture in my hand because it was like my first gay outings. And I was just like, next to Aladdin. And like, I don't want to be like in front of the theater with a beer in my hand. Like, that's not my dream night. (laughs) So I don't know why people do that. But yeah.
1: Oh, the obsession with rooftops. I don't know if this is a London thing or if it's a big city thing. But people are obsessed with a rooftop. Let's go out, you know, like a rooftop or something.
0: (laughs) I don't know, because I think this is part of... I think I like that, because that's part of my, like, New York dream. Like, because I have... I used to have that for London, and now I live in London, so I have that for New York now, where I'm just picturing, like, you know, like, artists doing, like, rooftop parties, and it's kind of trashy, but also everyone's, like, really cute, and... I love the New York, like, aesthetic of, like, the Mm. buildings and stuff. And so I'm really picturing, like, loads of people doing rooftop parties there. So when I do that in London, I'm like...
1: (sighs) Oh, see, I love that vision of a rooftop. But A vision of a rooftop for me in London is, like, it'll have AstroTurf, and there'll be, like, (laughs) fake flowers everywhere. Okay. And it will be, like... The straight rooftops, not the cute... Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. But that's what I see with, like, there's, you know, like, I mean, imagine, like, a cute little party, someone has access to the rooftop somewhere. That's a dream. Yeah. But all of these really tacky places that like, take over all the rooftops.
0: Yeah, white yeah. girl, trashy. That yeah. wants to be fancy, which yeah. I'm okay with sometimes. Like, you know, I love to be trashy, but wants to be fancy in London, because loads of people do that. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get that. And the people there who only drink Prosecco. Um, all day from (laughs) 11am
1: Prosecco Do you want a glass of Prosecco? Prosecco with my besties (laughs) Should should we do a little Prosecco? Should we just get a bottle for the table? (laughs) Let's
0: do a bottle Let's do a bottle Anyway and then those people are the ones who go to drag brunches Um Um, yeah. Oh my God! Look at us roasting the straights instead of the British. That's <laughs> Whoops, <new>. we've diverted.
1: <laughs> this <laughs> is my secret agenda.
0: <laughs> um, right. So.
1: But also the straight British, are a particular type.
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, I have like a difficult uh, relationship with, um, you know, especially in London, the straight, drunk, white girls like stereotype of. They're so trashy and, but also like, I kind of love them sometimes because they're the one who will stop in the street and give you compliments. They are fabulous. Yeah. Like, I love the energy. Like, you're so trashy, but also I'm like, you seem really nice though. So (laughs) I'm like,
1: "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) you're just really enthusiastic. Yeah. It it just does make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. But actually the other night I went to um, the RVT for a show and I dressed up, you know, It was the end. I was going out and on the train there, this really sweet woman came up to me and told me that, you know, thought I looked fabulous. And I was like, you've made my night after being stared down by everyone, every other man in this Mm -hmm, carriage. mm -hmm. Thank you. And then I arrived at this performance, went to the bathroom and there was a complete opposite. It was just this really drunk woman that came and started trying to touch my face and was like pulling on my clothes saying, Oh, I love this. I love that. And I'm like, no, please, <laughs> please don't touch me.
0: Oh my god! Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's the so. Limit. There's
1: maybe the two
0: enthusiastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels really good when someone gives you a compliment in London because it's well known that Londoners do not care about mm-hmm. anyone or anything, and we don't really talk to each other, which is great. Which is also why yeah. I'm living in this city because no one cares about anything. Uh, but then this one drunk girl tells me like, "Oh, I love your hair, or whatever," and I'm like, "Thank you." Like. <laughs> it's so pure and it's like you know summer is coming and everyone's outside because now we can go outside and drink and I'm like you're trashy but nature is healing
1: yeah I love that (laughs) that is beautiful like
0: I love that you're here (laughs) like I put it on a
1: t-shirt you're trashy (laughs) but nature is healing
0: (laughs) is this gender podcast merch (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I need you to be here to like feel like London is London. Like, you're mm. part of the of the picture. You know, yeah. there needs to be like drunk white girls in the street for me to be like, yes, I love London. You know,
1: yeah, I love it, I love it. Yeah, yeah recently uh, went to Hackney Wig on a Saturday when it was sunny, and it was like a, a festival had happened, <laughs> and all of these British people were there, like Tony dancing looks. in the streets. People were drunk. There was like boom, but boom boxes is that do we still call them that sound systems (laughs) what's the correct terminology for something that produces music Um, people were dancing and I was like this is
0: incredible yeah and also when British people go to a park to do like a birthday or something they turn it out they have the balloons they're like okay we're gonna take the five trees around us and put like fairy lights or whatever the
1: archways the photo opportunities Mm -hmm. the instax camera is there ready for you to be with the prop yes
0: for the instagram like they're really working for it
1: (laughs) yeah i recently had to celebrate my birthday in a park and around me were all these parties And i was like i've just i just need to join someone else's birthday because this (laughs) is embarrassing
0: I have a bottle of wine and five friends and we're having fun.
1: And one of us remembered to bring a blanket to sit on.
0: Right, so I want to talk about the food. Oh, yes. After the weather, obviously. Because as a French person, my opinion of British cuisine is British cuisine doesn't exist. British people just eat because they have to eat in order to survive. Because we all do, right? Um, What is your opinion of British cuisine? Especially because um, you work in a restaurant.
1: I work in a restaurant and I love food. Like this is also one of actually one of the things that made me stay in London, just the amount of great food that you can have mm-hmm. everywhere. And you can have so much different food mm-hmm. all the time. But yeah, none of it is British really, is mm-hmm. it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well now the new thing they call it is seasonal to not call it British. Really? Yeah, restaurants will be like, oh we have like a seasonal menu. Because <laughs> and it's like, but this is just British food. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they're all ashamed of it themselves I think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah we like we um, we've had this discussion in previous episodes where I don't know I'm kind of like I agree with both sides um, how like you know Indian cuisine and Chinese cuisine mm. are huge in especially London because London is so what's the word cosmopolitan is that the word sure, multicultural <laughs> you know and you know some people say that yeah at this point like it is part of British cuisine because it's like it's so big and curry is like the isn't, number one isn't considered,
1: like considered is it katsu curry that's considered the British national dish yeah yeah some,
0: yeah, something sh- like that And I don't know
1: all the Indian the British Indian takeaway is a whole other experience that I didn't know yeah. was a thing
0: so like this is so big so you have to consider it as like certainly it is part of the culture of this country because it's so big but at the same time saying it's British culture is absolutely like colonialism of like let's get rid of the name of the country comes from and replace it with british instead is like okay they've mm. done that already by colonizing those countries <laughs> and how that the food is coming back to britain it's like it's weird to say oh now it's british you know
1: it is very much that they sort of pretend that it's just the way london is and you're like but mm. why is it this mm. way like have you
0: thought about it yeah
1: and they're like oh look at us celebrating all of this and we're like But really, like, (laughs) you need to actually teach people why it is this way and not just brush it under the carpet and pretend that everyone's besties and it's all good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you, are you in like, um, so you live in Hackney, are there like particular like communities around you of like loads of foreign people? For example, here where I live, it's mostly, um, I think Caribbean and Turkish are like the two main communities and like... Each area of London kind of has like their own community. So, or you like, mm-hmm. do you see lots of foreign people and foreign cuisine around you?
1: I haven't looked at like the actual like statistics mm-hmm. of, because I, so where I used to live in Hackney, we had a lot of like Middle Eastern like restaurants and like supermarkets. Mm-hmm. They're, they're incredible supermarkets. Mm-hmm. And now I've moved. There's more of, like, an Asian influence, which is also incredible. That's mm. also what I like. Like, even in not even just the restaurants, go into the supermarkets, it's amazing. Like, they have the best product. I'm like, Tesco's? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather support this small supermarket on the corner of my road that yeah. sells
0: incredible products. <laughs> but it's not even, like, you're not even supporting it politically. It's just, it has better food. Like, yeah. that's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretending I'm making a statement. Yeah. Okay, i like, just, they've got really nice tomatoes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) obviously.
1: English people just don't know about, like, good produce. Like, what a tomato is supposed to taste like. I think you had this conversation with Karma about potatoes.
0: Yeah, it's very, like, very simple vegetables and, yeah.
1: But just... The vegetables, they, I don't know if because they don't get as much sun here, if that maybe is a thing. But like tomatoes, I remember like tomatoes in Italy, they're just not the same thing as here. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. can't, can't no, compare. I've had
0: that with um, different things like uh, melon, like grapes, and those are just kind of like like refreshing, like summery fruits and stuff. It's like, it's not a thing here. <laughs> it's just they don't really exist. I mean, first of all, it's all imported from other countries, obviously. Yeah. Um, but also it's just, yeah, it's really frustrating because then... I go home and I, I don't live like the South of France isn't I mean France is renowned for its cuisine I guess but I don't live in a a part of the country where like we have incredible like fruits and stuff yeah. like it's just the basic stuff you just go to the supermarket but just that like the quality is already better like just for the basic stuff Yeah. so like when you grow up there you think it's completely normal. And then you come to the UK and like, okay, like the the bar is so low here.
1: Yeah, I find it just really difficult to just like for cooking at home to find nice stuff to cook with, mm. like bread. Can we talk about bread? <laughs> or
0: is that too French? <laughs> no, let's do it. I was waiting for a French person on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, can we talk about bread? Because I haven't seen it in this country.
1: I just don't even know where to start. They the call bread. things bread,
0: but that's they, they, just a the name. They call
1: things baguettes. That's... You're going to put a French word on it. Don't disrespect
0: <laughs> it us. It doesn't make it fancy. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. First of all, the bread, um, so the bread that they have in this country, we have that, but we call it pain de mie, which is mm-hmm. the, like, sliced bread. And that's not what we eat. That's, like, what you have for, like, breakfast sometimes, like, toasted, or um, you can have it to make sandwiches, that kind of stuff. Like, mm. our go-to bread is the fancy bread. But for us, it's not fancy. Like, British people are like, ooh, baguettes. I'm like, yeah, that's just bread for us. We don't call them baguettes. We call it bread.
1: (laughs) And you can get, like, really good quality bread for really cheap in the supermarket. Yes. And it's normal. Here, if you want nice bread, you have to go to some, like, bakery that's often French.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it'll be six pounds for a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. That's why British people think that the French are so fancy. Because, like, they see us eat that, and for them, they picture it as, like, the fancy version of what they have here. But they need to understand that, like, yeah, you can have a baguette for, like, not even a pound, for less than a pound, right? Yeah,
1: I I used to shop for my bread at Lidl. Well, the Lidl. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, is that the the French Lidl? It's It's Lidl. Lidl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you not have Lidl in Toulouse?
0: (laughs) Yes. It's not the same as here. Like, the Lidl here is better.
1: Oh, I love the Lidl in Switzerland. Okay. I used to live... Ah, oh, it was it was a wild time. But yeah, they had amazing bread, is what I'm trying to get yeah. to. And I wouldn't... I, I've tried the bread at Lidl here when I came and it was not the same. Yeah.
0: And it, I, I don't... I mean, it's the same with, like, for example, with wine. I love saying to British people that, like, in my family, it's, like, normal for us to have people in our family who make wine or champagne or that kind of stuff. Like, it's, like... Everyone in France is, let's say, like, three handshakes away from someone who makes wine. (laughs) And it's not fancy. It's just like when you have, like, family gatherings or something, someone brings, like, 20 bowls of wine because that's just what they have at home. And it's so normal for us. And same as bread, the fancy bottles that they have here Mm. are the basic ones that we have in France. So, like, Mm -hmm. when... The prices are very different. First of all, like for example, a four euros bottle of wine in France isn't the equivalent to like a four pound like shitty Tesco wine mm. or like. You but know. also,
1: you would struggle to find a four pound bottle of wine like that is because you've like the cheapest are often like six or seven, whereas mm-hmm. like the cheapest back home is like you can find them for one euro fifty. <laughs> you can't find that here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's so that's also why like they think we're so fancy, because I'm just like, I mean, I drink wine, I just drink the wine I found, I find, you know? Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not a fancy person, I just take the first thing that I see in the supermarket, and if it's the fancy one, I'll take that, I guess? Whereas here, like, everything is just the like, the, the, the quality from, like, fancy to not fancy, like, everything is just pushed to, like, yeah. cheaper, and just... I
1: also think, like, I don't know if it's the same in France, but in Switzerland, we also produce a lot of wine, mm-hmm. and everyone sort of knows a little bit about wine. Mm. It's not considered that fancy to know like different grapes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. different kinds of wine. And that whereas here, everyone is just like you say a name of a grape, and they'll be like, "Ooh, look at you!"
0: <laughs> I think that's also because whatever you say, it sounds French. So if you're like, mm, "I have a Sauvignon," <laughs> they're like, "Ooh," and it's like, "Yeah, it's a French word." Like,
1: oh, Sauvignon!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about Lidl. Because <laughs> um, everyone who knows me knows Lidl is um, a f- foundation of my life in London. I went to Lidl back in France a few months ago during lockdown. And it really wasn't as good because of the veggie stuff. And I know you have a vegetarian as well. Mm, yeah. And I, it's so easy for me to live in London as a vegetarian. Like, it's just, it's exactly as if I was eating meat. It's like, there's an, not a single place where, I've, except, you know, I guess a couple of restaurants sometimes, but usually there's not a single place or a single moment in my life where I'm like, I'm feeling discriminated because <laughs> I'm not eating meat. Like, it's so easy. Whereas when I go back home, I literally cannot go to the restaurant because there's oh my God, nothing so, for me. And that's so. also so French because sometimes they're like, uh, vegetarian salad. And it has like bits of meat in the salad. Yeah. And oh, like- they'll,
1: they'll offer you fish. Yeah. And you're like no, I don't eat fish either. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, then squid. And you're like, no. Okay, um, (laughs) let me explain this again.
0: Um (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes like, I've been in, I mean, I haven't been, but I've looked at restaurants where I'm like, oh, I could go there. It sounds good. And then there's nothing. I could only eat like fries. Whereas here, it's just, I mean, also because loads of friends of mine are vegan or vegetarian and we always find places. So that's one thing that I'm like, Mm. very grateful to be here. And that's, the influence of Indian cuisine, Chinese cuisine. Yeah, I
1: was going to say that yeah. some things that are great that are just already vegetarian that you don't have to change yeah. are just so readily available.
0: And I think that's because like the French are so protective of their cuisine and, you know, meat is a big thing Th- in France. They'll get
1: angry about you being vegetarian, oh, yeah, yeah. like... Yeah. Just shocked. And they'll take it as, like, a personal, like, offence.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I guess as a personal offence, is that an, an offence to your country or something? I don't know. <laughs> Whereas here, like, so many people live here and they've already been vegetarian for, like, generations. Because, mm. you know, it's so easy to just... If you order, like, Indian takeaway every night, you can order vegetarian and something different every night. And, like, it's as good. See, so, yeah, that's one thing that I find, like... I, I go shop in Lidl and the veggie stuff is, like, everywhere. And then I went to a Lidl in France. And the meat aisle no, 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 Isles uh, plural. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do we need more than one aisle? <laughs> and the cheese <laughs> aisle? <laughs> it like, the cheese is just like, not even an aisle, it's just like one thing that you look at and you're like, okay, there's like 10 different cheeses. Oh my cheeses. God,
1: don't get me started on cheese here. <laughs>
0: let's, let's do this.
1: Do they know? Any- is it just cheddar or is it just me that hasn't been able to find anything else? <laughs> no, they do... They do a camembert sometimes. <laughs> They'll do one. It's, <laughs> and it's always the le <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: I've, I've tried to explain to British people that we have like, like the same kind of cheese can be different because we have different brands who do loads of different cheeses. So yeah.
1: I think in people's minds, like French eat like, you know, like blue cheese or camembert. And I'm like, no, we also have a lot of hard cheeses that are very different. Those are the ones that I really miss. And that's the it same thing, it's sad. not
0: like, it's not a fancy thing to eat cheese at the end of lunch, no, yeah. right? It's so normal, with a baguette, yes.
1: like oh, Literally, I'm sat here salivating, <laughs> thinking about a baguette and cheese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why it's like, yeah. I have one of my housemates is French, and she came back from lockdown after me. And I was already in the country for like, I think like a month or like three weeks. And so I was starting to have like withdrawal of... French food and you know Mm. and she brought back like some cheese from where I come from but she didn't know like because she lives in another part of France so she just bought like that kind of cheese and that's like the thing that we eat all the time because it's like the one that's everywhere in the supermarkets and it's just the one you eat and I just had that and I was like oh my god it does make the difference
1: it really does
0: it does change
1: everything (laughs) during lockdown I got really homesick Mm -hmm. so I did a little googling and I found a website that's called the french click (laughs) And it's literally like an online French supermarket. Like, you can get all of the French products that you've been missing. So I ordered it, and I expected to get, like, a box delivered. It was literally a man that came to my door with two plastic bags, as if he'd just gone down to the local supermarket.
0: Is he French? Was the man French?
1: Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and I just got, like, all those, like, biscuits and, like, mm-hmm. cheeses, all of these things that I'd been really missing. And I was, like, rationing them throughout lockdown so that I could make it last. And it made me so happy.
0: Mm-hmm. I had, um, when I first went went to uni here, so I think, yeah, my first year in London. Uh, halfway through the year, my mom sent me, like, a huge box of just food. <laughs> <laughs> Things that you cannot find here. So I'm going to make a little list. And then everyone who is in French is not going to understand anything. But first of all, sirop de grenadine. <gasps> oh. They don't have that here. lentilles Petit pois carotte?
1: Uh, not my vibe, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think in, like, sweet stuff, I had, like, some biscuits as well. Because the biscuits are yeah. very British. And some of them are great, like custard cream. In love with custard cream. Yeah. Um,
1: my order was mainly biscuits. So, do you want my order? <laughs> yes, let's do it. So we had, um, do you have pins framboise? <gasps>
0: Okay, that's fancy, babe.
1: Yeah, no, they're really fancy. They're expensive. I was
0: like, if I'm going to be doing
1: this... (laughs) Um, Pepito. Yeah. BN framboise, because they only have BN chocolat if you are lucky enough to find them. And then I think I got, like, des pailles d'or. Oh. And I was like... And I was... I gave them some to some friends. Like, I was very generous. And they're like, we don't have anything like this. These are crazy biscuits.
0: (laughs) Um, Télu. Is that how you call them? I think it's just my family only calls them that... (laughs)
1: Sorry. It's also like... I'm Swiss. i mainly I we have yeah. things that are different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know Lu the brand? Mm-hmm. And they have biscuits they're just called like tea, like tea. Oh,
1: tea. the classic Lu. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So we call them telu. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um that one and uh, Roudor, Saint Michel.
1: <gasps> oh yeah. Ah. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, have we done everything? Yeah. Okay. Back to things people can relate. <laughs> But yeah, all this to say, thank you. Finally, I have someone who like understands like that French culture is fancy for people who are here because just everything French sounds fancy to them. But in yeah. France, like it's really not fancy. Like we are trashy people. Like we really are. The French people are so trashy.
1: But imagine the because when I say that I come from Switzerland, I have the the French factor and then the added oh you're from Switzerland. Are you made of gold?
0: Yeah, we Back think... To- French people think that of you.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks of that. And I'm just like, no, I just happen to live there. I'm not... <laughs> it's not that fancy. Like, yeah. I remember being young and being able to do absolutely nothing because when you're young and you have no money in Switzerland... And everything's
0: very expensive, yeah. You
1: can't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You cannot do anything. Like, you would not drink anything in a club because you couldn't afford it. you yeah. drink it your friends beforehand.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just, like... I just need people to understand that, like, when you do pre-drinks here, we do something called apéro that does not have a translation. Oh. That word that it does not yes. exist in English. Which also is... Also,
1: the timings of it is so different. Yeah. Like, an apéro is so tea much later. Tea time
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah. wait. No, no apéro way. is, like, 6pm.
1: Oh, no, I'm saying like, apéro, like, before you would go out. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, an apéro before your tea. Yes. That's... Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, that's lovely. <laughs>
0: But like it's just that like our version of pre-drinks is fancy wine because we just have to because all the wine is fancy, fancy bread baguettes, fancy cheese, maybe a charcuterie board. <laughs> <laughs> and to us, that's like I the can't basic believe
1: stuff. you, you Englishised the word charcuterie there.
0: Oh, I love saying charcuterie.
1: <laughs> a charcuterie board. Mm. I also love how it, you'll just have a board with just cut things on it and they're like charcuterie and I'm like there's not a single bit of meat there
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't just cut things and quit charcuterie <laughs> yeah was there anything that you um, food wise or drink wise that you discovered when you came here
1: I think all of the stuff that I discovered here is extremely bad like I was like the amount of sugary drinks options is wild <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. like to just go up to your off license you're like oh i just want like a little sugary sweet thing because i'm too hot and i'm like oh my god 10 minutes later still just looking at this aisle yeah. trying to figure out what all of these Some things of them are. are
0: like blue drinks <laughs> pink drinks
1: <laughs> like i'll just have a bottle of water <laughs> this is overwhelming yeah. Yeah.
0: me i have to say the things i discovered food wise here are not british there are stuff like um like soy sauce uh, that I now put in every single thing, because obviously I started being vegetarian after I moved here. So. Oh, okay, yeah. And soy sauce is a big part of it. Mm. Um, and then lately I discovered sesame oil.
1: Oh, toasted sesame oil.
0: Yeah, and I put that in everything now.
1: That is my luxurious. You know, who like, that's the fancy thing you oh, add in that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that toasted sesame bottle that's seven pounds. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, two
0: drops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, that's the kind of stuff, for example, that, I go back home and, you know, my family cooks, like, nice food. um, But they don't do that kind of stuff. And I'm like, it's so weird to me because now I put soy sauce in literally every single meal Mm. that I I prepare. Um, And now I'm like, okay, am I British then? Like, is this, am I doing British food? Is that, like, me being part of the culture?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think also the other thing I discovered is, like, meat substitutes that aren't just, like, the corn, like, you know, things like banana blossom or jackfruit, Mm. which also aren't British, that's just been taken and then put in a new packaging and rebranded to us.
0: But even just normal meat substitute, anything that's vegetarian as well, I'm like, my eyes have opened to so many possibilities in this country. And then you go back to France and...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just think. Remember, most restaurants will just offer you a bit of fried cheese as the alternative to meat. <laughs> and cook <croquettes>. it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the alternative to meat is just not have meat. Oh yeah. There's just no alternative. They're just like, we're going to take away half of the meal, and you're going to pay the same price and mm-hmm. enjoy as much as everyone or else. Well, if they're really
1: making an effort, they'll get you like a soft tofu and they'll slice it and they'll just put it on your plate. <laughs> I feel like I really love food, and we've been talking about food for a really long time. Yeah,
0: but, you know, I'm invi- inviting someone who is, um, what well, you're not French, you're French, Swiss, and also kind of English, so I feel like you're yeah. in a good place to talk about.
1: I'm sort of a nothing, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm too English to be Swiss or French, and I'm too French to be Swiss, so no yeah, one wants absolutely. me.
0: <laughs> right, so, so you just said you're nothing, because you're, like, in the middle of loads of countries. If someone asks you where you come from... What's the first answer that comes to mind?
1: I think it really depends in context because sometimes people will get really confused if I just say Switzerland, because if I'm speaking English.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Although when I first moved back to the UK, people would be like, oh, you've got a slight French accent as soon as I would say I'm Swiss. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> you would say that after I told you I was French. <laughs> I'm um, speaking to you for an hour.
0: <laughs> so, um... Do people think that you're British? Like, have you ever been instantly? She's French, or, or no? I don't. I
1: get. I get other things. People sometimes think I'm Italian because of the way I look. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And then I'll be speaking French, and they'll still think I'm Italian. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, your problem, their problem. Yeah. <laughs> There's something going on with them if they think that.
1: <laughs> no, I think I've never been caught out as a French person. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I don't relate much to Frenchness. Yeah. I think you share this a slight hatred of the French as well. That's why I'm in this country. Yeah. So then again, I wouldn't want to be French. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because the French in London, they're like a a little cult. Because the French didn't want to be a part of. I sort of made it a point to not hang out with French-speaking people. Same. Yeah. Be part of that circle that just hangs out with each other. Because what's the the point of
0: coming to this country if you're just going to be with French people? Exactly. Just go to. France is the place where most French people are. Yeah. <laughs> so go there. Yeah, I'm finding French people are very, once again, protective and very proud of their culture. and But British people do that as well, you know, yeah, on their own side. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. French people coming to this country and being like, I'm only talking to French people, is like, completely defeats the point. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, they do it in Switzerland as well. Like when I was at uni, there was like the French gang and the Swiss gang. Mm-hmm. And then when I did my master's in London... I made it a point to not hang out with the two Swiss people on my course, (laughs) which was really surprising in a really small course. There was three Swiss people and I was like, hi.
0: (laughs) I'm kind of intrigued that, so you've lived in a different country from France, but you do speak the French language. Do you find the, like, as you said, the French gang and the Swiss gang, like, do you find that they like speak differently or? Oh yeah, definitely.
1: (laughs) Did you not find that my French is different? You you have a
0: slight accent, Yeah. yeah, which, um... I don't know if, if I could tell that you're from Switzerland but um, I know a couple of other, pe- yeah. other people who are Swiss and you kind of have the accent yeah, yeah
1: yeah I think also like we have weird words that are different like it's not like a different dialect or anything like that mm. but we'll just suddenly I mean there's the whole numbers things that right we all know and yeah so it's
0: kind of like Belgium or, yeah yeah
1: yeah so we'll say numbers differently to French people but we'll say them the right way
0: <laughs> <laughs> roast me in my house <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
1: and slight words that will just create just a blank stare from a French person, but it's not <laughs> that big a deal. But yeah. yeah, I think the Swiss people, no, the, sorry, the French people in Switzerland were very similar to the French people in London in the sense that they come and they stick together and they
0: really protect France. Really? So is it? it's a cultural thing?
1: <laughs> I, I, would, I don't want to go that far, but <laughs> from what I've noticed...
0: <laughs> no, but as in like it really like Swiss people are different from the French from like a cultural point of view, like you can... You yeah. can tell that they're like, I, I don't want to say act differently, but like the way they, yeah. what they talk about and stuff, is that different? Yeah,
1: I think also, um, I don't want to be too general, but a lot of the people that did come to my university were from Paris.
0: Mm. So there was the
1: whole Paris Oh, to be Lose.
0: general, roast the <laughs> fuck out of Paris. We hate them. We all
1: know that. Yes, it was very much like, in Paris I can do this, in Paris we have this, in Paris mm-hmm. there's this, in Paris mm-hmm. there's that, and it does get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm just gonna go hang out with other people there, yeah who
0: don't say that yeah absolutely yeah. yeah does it feel like kind of like um like a power relationship where like france is like not the oppressor but like the empire and then switzerland is just like kind of on the side but you guys like have the language
1: mm. like i think so also i think like switzerland is is sort of like me in a sense where it's like it's half it's a bit german it's a bit french it's a bit italian so it doesn't really have like an i a, national, a strong identity because yeah. we don't agree like swiss germans and french germans i think are wildly different and we see that french swiss did i say
0: you said french german oh sorry no which would be interesting
1: <laughs> no, Sorry, french swiss and french and i can't say it and swiss
0: german <laughs> yeah yeah yeah.
1: we've all understood what i'm getting yeah, at yeah yeah. we're very different so it does feel like we're sort of quite small and then you've got the mm. big france right next to
0: you so. yeah 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 do you ever like um when you grew up there were you ever like going to France um, like back to Lyon to be like Mm -hmm. go to the city and like cross the border
1: oh yeah definitely like I think also um, the same as I was saying with food and stuff like we would go back to shop some things in France that you can't get in Switzerland and that kind of thing I mean my main like thing of like going to the city would be going to London when I was younger to like see my family who lives outside of London so that was like my cool kid. you know I was like I'm going to London (laughs)
0: yeah so do do you feel people here um Obviously, you do not have an accent because you grew up um, speaking English. But do you think if people think you're like foreign, they're more likely to say that you're French rather than Swiss because they just don't know yeah, Switzerland they just exists. Don't
1: know, no, no. <laughs> also, often if I say that I'm Swiss, they'll assume that I speak German. Mm. I think like English people. I mean, not everyone, obviously, but they see Switzerland as sort of like mountains, skiing, Heidi, that kind of thing. Holidays and yeah, yeah. Oh my god. British people that come on skiing in Switzerland.
0: (laughs) Well, French people do too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But yeah, I find that people just don't know anything about Switzerland here, and it's... They'll be like, oh, okay, and sort of move on, and... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think Europe is just confusing to them.
1: I think so too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, you're continental,
1: you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think... They sort of see it as like there's them at the north there mm, and mm-hmm. then Europe is sort of the bottom part and they miss out all of the middle part mm. of Europe because that's I, where yeah. they go on holiday.
0: I, I was <laughs> going to say that. I was like, yeah, that's where the sun is. Mm. Oh my God, there's been... Um, we go on tangents on this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, with the lifting of lockdown and going to foreign destinations and there was Portugal that was green and then went back to being amber so people had to quarantine if they went there. And they were interviewing so many British people who were so mad that they had to cancel their holidays. And then people talking about how, like, they had to do um, tests at the airport and how there's, like, queues and blah, blah, blah. And just talking about their whole experience. And I was like, do you guys know that some people live in those countries and live in London or in in the UK? Mm -hmm. And we have had to do that for, like, a year now. When I went back to France, I've had that experience already, but it wasn't on the BBC. Yeah. But then when British people can do that, suddenly it's on the BBC. I have a friend, Karma, who is Portuguese and who was who wanted to go home, not to go on holidays, to see her family. I know. It's... And British people being like, Um, oh, I can go in the sun I'm like, you realise there are like people with families there. Mm. No, I
1: know I was talking to this with some swiss friends and we were talking about how long it'd been since we'd got home and like what we were missing especially now that it's summer and how much we love being there in the summer yeah and we were discussing how like all of these people that are like you know like faking tests or finding little like loopholes to be able to go on their holiday to do this and that and and i'm just like but we just want to go home to see our family and you're like splashing all this cash to do like fake tests or like apparently the new things you buy next uh an ongoing flight so that it looks like you're leaving the country but then you don't
0: wow yeah okay. there's, there's
1: like a lot of like tricks to get out of it no i i'm sound like an expert and <laughs> <laughs> please don't please
0: please don't follow this <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay
1: and i was just like but we just i just want to go home please yeah
0: yeah yeah i saw that i thought it was like really frustrating where it's like especially you know when you live in london It's so obvious that so many people are foreign, and Mm. it's like really accepted in London, like that's a thing, and yeah. But
1: also the UK doesn't want to accept that so many people that live and work here are European because they want to kick them out so badly, (laughs) that let's not give them anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to talk about like the queer stuff with language as well. So you are, you speak English with your parents. Yeah. But then when you went to school, so with your friends, all of that, you spoke French. Yeah. And now you speak English again, now that you're back in London. Following your queer journey, do you think the English language has made it easier for you? Like, do you feel more comfortable with the English terms of like, yeah. let's all the queer terms and queer culture?
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like they sort of came f- First, or at least in maybe it was because of the circles I was with but mm. I learned them first in English and then realized that a lot of them in French are just the English word mm-hmm. said in a French way which I love this that way around <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like a lot of things like um like genderless terms in French came a lot later for me mm. like so I do find it more difficult because I think the French language is so difficult because it's all feminine gendered, and everything's gendered, yeah. masculine yeah every single word is and mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. thing that you say about s- someone you have to change it mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. more of a, a journey yeah, <laughs> an say, effort. Yeah.
0: And, yeah do you so if you go back home, do you feel like you can talk about queer stuff like back at home or like in French with your French friends mm-hmm. or you know Swiss yeah. friends um, or do you feel like that's something that kind of belongs to London with like the English language?
1: Yeah, I think I definitely struggle more. It take, it would take me, like, my brain mm. hasn't had that exercise in a while. Mm. Because with the people that I speak French here with, we'll sort of revert to English because it's just so much easier yeah. to speak in that way in English. Yeah. So we won't actually use the French way of saying it.
0: Like speaking English and, like, hanging out with queer people. It's, like, it's easier here. Do you feel it's easier?
1: Yeah, I always found it easier to speak about just generally, like, culture and stuff in English because so much of it is predominantly done in English and I lost my train of thought yeah also in French I find it like I was never good at it because I didn't learn it from like I was learning English at the same time and French people love to correct you (laughs) when you say something wrong so it's actually really difficult to like try and rethink the language Mm -hmm. in a different way Mm -hmm. especially if like taking the gender out of things or trying to make it more inclusive especially like now you know, with making sure that there's the female and male way of saying things when you write it out and people getting really angry about that because Mm -hmm. they say it's illegible and all of that stuff. Whereas here, it's just like, you can just speak. yeah, And it's very easy to just... And you can have, like, really specific words to describe, like, different ways of identifying or of being that I don't know all of the ways in French who would say that. Yeah. And then it would be so difficult to explain because also i find french people don't have such a an open or maybe it's me but the, an openness about like gender and all of that so they see it as very like black white and then there's one gray in the middle whereas mm-hmm. there's such a lovely rainbow <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's because, you know, because you live in Hackney or, you know, I don't know if what you say is like Hackney or the UK. Yeah. Because <laughs> so i like, I yeah. say a lot of things. Where I'm like, no, that's definitely just London.
1: <laughs> yeah. I also think it's also like the people that I hang out with. Yeah, so
0: yeah.
1: I could probably hang out at one table over at the bar that I'm with and be like, oh, this is not true. This is like very specific yeah. to
0: me. And- but also like I I have seen, let's say, let's talk about, for example, the drag scene. Drug performers in France, I find, are, you know, the French are very, (laughs) let's say, pretentious and (laughs) quite annoying in a lot of ways because we care about our appearance and all that kind of stuff, whereas English people are way more just, they don't care about any of that. Um, And so I find... um, queer let's say the queer community i mean okay that's in paris so that's also a whole other thing yeah (laughs) Uh, but i find them quite annoying and like you can tell that the queer community in paris is very about your appearance and like proving that you're one of the cool kids whereas here i don't have that vibe Mm -hmm. as much so i think um so i think it's also part of like you know when we say in london people don't care about anything i think that's also the vibe i get from the queer community whereas in france everyone judges you and yeah. everyone either by just looking at you or someone will say something to you strangers both also your friends your family like you know in yeah. friends we love to express ourselves and so i feel like the queer community can be a bit judgy in that way whereas here it's just everyone can do whatever they want
1: yeah i feel like the french will have a lot less trouble just calling someone out being like <laughs> oh you don't look polished and blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. whereas here like english people would just be like They're just having a great time. Just, yes, go for it. Yeah, maybe
0: someone will say something passive-aggressive.
1: I mean, maybe. Or, you know, once they leave the show, they'll talk shit about
0: it. Yeah, because that's the most British thing they could do. (laughs) Okay, let's come to the conclusion, and you've heard the podcast, you know what's coming. We're going to do a little rapid-fire questions about the monarchy. which we haven't talked about the whole podcast, so here we go. Have you watched The Crown?
1: some of it oh that's not yes or no
0: um, yes I have
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have
0: really panicked here. Um <laughs> okay, okay. don't stress don't stress um, is it good
1: um, yeah it was I like the first season
0: okay um, do you like the queen
1: um, no I mean I don't I, prob- I don't know her I mean I don't <laughs> I, I don't actually pay enough attention to it but I think no
0: okay um, do you think the queen killed Diana
1: oh yes that's the only thing I know <laughs>
0: oh my god okay um, should we guillotine the queen
1: I mean maybe just demote her send her on her way say we're done
0: you very Swiss of you um, <laughs> I'm just waiting for the one French person who'd be like obviously yes
1: uh, <laughs> I could see in your eyes that you were really waiting for me to just like kill her con <laughs> du <laughs> yes
0: um, do you think Prince Harry's hot is
1: he the ginger the one the ginger one yeah oh no
0: okay uh, can you confirm that the monarchy has invaded, killed, and raped thousands of people in many countries all over the world? Oh, yes. Can you confirm they are in control of an absurd amount of wealth while while they leave the poor to die? Yes. Can you confirm Prince Andrew allegedly is a pedophile and sex offender? Yes. Can you confirm the monarchy didn't do anything when Margaret Thatcher introduced Section 28? Yes. So can you tell me why the monarchy is still a thing, please?
1: No, can you tell me why the Tories are still a thing? <laughs>
0: well, because of the monarchy. <laughs> yeah. That's just like the the natural way is like it's we went just, from yeah,
1: it's the same people that want the same things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why are we holding on onto it, Pearl? Why are we I mean, I'm not holding on to it. No. But someone is. I'm very actively trying for people to stop holding on to it, but
1: <laughs> uh it baffles me. Absolutely me. Baffle- and like my sister's an absolute royalist. And I'm just like, why? And she's like, Oh it's just like just like a reality tv show and i'm like what
0: did she grow up in england
1: no same as me yeah but she spent a little bit longer in the uk before moving
0: (gasps) did she go to france or straight to switzerland
1: france as well yeah
0: so she was a royalist in france
1: i think it's a later thing in her life it's something that she's developed these past few years and i'm like Mm. when did this happen (laughs) maybe it's because i've moved away for too long and i haven't been able to like
0: (laughs) i mean i the tourist argument i get it the thing is, I think people need to understand, we can keep the tourist attractions yeah. without the family. No. Empty <laughs> Buckingham Palace so we can visit it.
1: And also you can just, like, strip them of all their power and wealth and they can still be humans and they'll, you know, Channel 4 will make a TV show out of them and they'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> we don't need to be paying that, for them
0: that poor old lady what are, you, Pearl, what are you saying she's so old and alone and she has no support system <laughs> yeah I'm sure they'll be fine that's, that's the thing I think that's what we need to tell British people I'm sure they will be fine
1: and I'm sure the tourism industry will be fine without them
0: because it's the whole thing with um, Harry and Meghan where they were like we don't want to have anything to do with the royal family anymore and then they were like oh yeah my mum sent me like I don't know three million pounds to survive in the US or something. And everyone's like, oh, so you didn't go without anything then? No.
1: But also, I mean, this is the one fact my sister told me about. Didn't they name the kid Ellsworth, which is basically the Queen's name? Lilibet. Lilibet,
0: Lilibet. that's it. Lilibet. So it's not much Isn't it like Lilibet Diana something?
1: Yeah, so it's like I you don't so. want anything to do with the royal family, but you've literally named her.
0: I mean, Harry has been very clear about how much he loves his grandmother... Yes, I've seen the Oprah show <laughs> interview. Oh, yeah. And it's like he's made it very clear how like the actual royal family isn't to blame for anything. It's everyone around them.
1: It is the media in the UK which I think is also to blame for the Tories. Absolutely. And also to blame
0: for Diana. And in I, in season 1, yeah, they're already there like all the um, um people wearing mustaches uh, like surrounding the queen and all the like uh, yeah. advisors and all those people. Uh they're all the people who are like keeping the monarchy on Mm. and the queen and you can tell especially in season one of The Crown the queen has no idea what she's doing here Yeah, and she's like am I making decisions? And she's not really making decisions in the beginning like everyone's making decisions for her so yeah they've made it quite clear how like it's a whole system it's not yes like we see the queen but it's like loads of people
1: yeah I, I, you know what i've that question you asked earlier about why is, are they still here it's because of the sun <laughs> and <laughs> other <laughs> trashy magazines and mm-hmm. newspapers that just keep people interested in
0: okay i okay counter argument i strongly believe that inside every british person is like the remnants of imperialism and just like pride in their country and all of that and having a monarchy and being one of the last monarchies standing in europe as well and in the world yeah they want to keep it even like um unconsciously they want to keep it because to them if we get rid of that we get rid of like the whole country and they don't have any identity anymore so i feel like yes it's like obviously the media all those people you know but i feel the monarchy is still there because every single British person in the way they act, the way they talk, everything, you can tell there's like a bit of imperialism left in them where the pride they have in their country has to go through the monarchy because they don't yeah. have anything else. They don't have food. That <laughs> 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 Like the French, we are so proud of uh, getting rid of our kings and yeah. killing them. And yeah, the French Revolution, like socialism, and that's our identity, right? Uh, I think the British kind of like build their identity to like do the opposite of France and be like, yeah. uh, we're a healthy nation with a monarchy. Which I also think Britain loves being like the opposite of France. Oh, yeah.
1: I think <laughs> the In monarchy's... everything, not in just the monarchy, just like, so you're going to kill them, right? We're going to love them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think British is the way it is just because they hate the French. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But I think, you know, in a way... Um...
1: But no, I, I, I definitely agree with that.
0: And like Brexit is absolutely that part is, of that. Yeah. Being like, we don't need Europe. We can be okay on our own. That's absolutely part of like the empire and how proud they are in their country.
1: Yeah, and just not accepting any of like the history of what they've done to become to to become this big nation. Just be like no, no, no. It was and all of these wonderful people throughout history that did all these wonderful things. And you're like no, they were all like rapists and
0: murderers. Yes. yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, any last words on the monarchy? <laughs> They'll be fine. (laughs) Send them on the
1: way, on their way, they'll be fine. (laughs) We don't need them anymore.
0: (laughs) Yes. Right. So after this whole conversation, would you say that you, in your day-to-day life, do you identify more as queer or as foreign in this country?
1: Oh, I would have to say then queer because I feel like walking around with a British passport, I can't
0: consider myself that foreign. Yeah, but you just spent an hour roasting them so (laughs) yeah (laughs) if the queen heard what you just said she would strip you of your British citizenship (laughs)
1: please do please do
0: (laughs) right so you think like being queer is more important in everything you do in your life
1: although I really love not being English as well I mean, you're, you're not not—you're not making me choose,
0: are you? <laughs> like, right. We From now on, you can only be one or the other. <laughs> we cannot finish the podcast if you don't hear really... <laughs> me. Um, so what would you say to our non-British audience listening to us?
1: What could I say to you? Just keep being you. Just don't let the haters, aka the Brits, keep you down. <laughs> <laughs> no, also just like, I wish it would be easier to just like, share and talk about people's cultures British people just love to talk over people talking about where they're from and what they do and it's like someone's sharing with you like stories of where they're from and they'll be like oh yeah I went there on holiday once it was lovely mm-hmm. and you're like no just mm-hmm. just listen
0: yeah and that kind of like going back to the situation in the beginning of the podcast if I'm surrounded by British people even though they're all queer they're all I feel they're all going to talk about like British music and mm. like queer culture, pop culture, but really it's British queer culture, and I'm not gonna have the references, and as you say, I'm gonna be like, oh, in my country we had that, and then they're gonna either ignore it or talk about their experience about what I'm talking about, you know whereas, yeah, with, like, foreign people you can have conversations that Yeah,
1: you can just share, and I also feel like if you are in a context where there's a lot of British people they make no effort to acknowledge that you might not speak English at the same level as they do and that makes it really difficult to have like a conversation with people from different countries, mm. which help a lot of people.
0: When British people correct me on my English, but then tell me that after, I don't know, seven years of French, they can, they can only say bonjour.
1: No, bonjour. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> bonjour. They can only say bonjour after seven years of studying yeah. French in school. And I'm like, and you're correcting me on being completely bilingual and speaking your language? Really? Is that what you're going to go yeah.
1: for? It's <laughs> also like, they'll whisper something really fast and you'll be like, sorry and then they'll be like, oh right, you don't speak English. And you're like, no, you, you, there's, there's a middle ground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, they will say something really fast and then you're going to be like, sorry, can you repeat? And say exactly the same thing and you gonna be like, <laughs> at the exact same speed. <laughs> can you repeat? And then say it again and you really have to say sorry, I'm not English, you need to say it.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll have that and I'll be like, sorry, sorry. And I'm like, I've understood the word. I need you to use another word. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've asked you to tell it to me five times now. You can clearly tell I'm not understanding. Please use another word.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That's such a nice way to put it, Pearl. Like, you're so polite because I don't have the time anymore. <laughs> um, and what do you want to say to a British audience then?
1: <laughs> uh, shut up. No. <laughs> I mean, that was following our last conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think, yeah, just acknowledge that there is a an whole other world past the literally, island. a whole, there's a other, whole planet. Yeah. Oh my God, it is literally. Yeah, Where people
0: it? speak other languages. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to plug anything in? Where can we find you? Do you have anything coming up?
1: Oh, fun. Um, so my Insta is at the dot pearl, spelt in French, <laughs> dot rare. <laughs>
0: You can say it in French.
1: So it's the (laughs) Perleur.
0: Which makes sense.
1: Which I would love if people would pronounce correctly at shows.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, I said Pearl because um, they gave me the right to say it. As I said, um, I've
1: given up and I'm now pearl yeah, pe- Which is very red. sad.
0: And I hope after this podcast you will find the strength again to hate British people enough to make them go through to find my language. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, that as I was saying to you earlier, they'll like correct my spelling of the word pearl, thinking that I just can't spell it. And I'm like, no, it's a choice, it's just written in another language. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways, sorry, I just <laughs> really on a roll here. <laughs>
0: Right, any any last words, anything um, that you absolutely wanted to say before you came on the podcast and you didn't get a chance to say it?
1: I think, uh, I think I've said too much already.
0: <laughs> Do you want to say how much you love this country, maybe to balance out?
1: <laughs> I would never stoop that low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, so yeah, you're just, you're okay with everything you said and I just want to make sure that if anything happens to you, um, I'm not responsible.
1: In case I take away my passport. Yeah. Like, I will just—I can get away. I, I don't have an accent. That's <laughs> been working for me for a really long time. Yeah, yeah.
0: and I won't tell the Queen. <laughs> right, so um, to close the podcast, I'm asking all the guests to sing the EastEnders theme tune. So Are you asking me
1: to sing? <laughs> you have
0: to sing the EastEnders theme tune so that we can finish the
1: podcast.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, pal. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Archie. <laughs> Is it the...